Welcome to Better Words, a podcast for readers who want to know the stories behind the pages. We're your hosts, Caitlin and Michelle, two book nerds who bring you in-depth conversations about writing and publishing from those on the inside. Basically, we're just here to talk about books. We're so glad you're joining us. Hello, welcome to season nine of Better Words. I can't believe it's season nine. Literally, we say this every single time. But also, it doesn't feel like it's a proper season. It's not really a proper season, but I kind of like the idea (laughs) that next time we'll be saying season 10, and that's like very nice and round. And oh my God, this is so funny. It's time to be real. So I'm going to take my be real (laughs) right now. Be real done. Um, So the reason this doesn't feel like the like a a proper quote-unquote season is because we are doing something called the reread. So I think we should just very quickly explain what to expect. Um, We will say, though, in saying that it's not a full season, I feel like we have actually done a lot of work on the interviews. So the only thing that means it doesn't feel like a full season for us is that we're not going to be giving you 12 additional book recommendations and we've not read... 12 books ourselves um but yeah, in terms well, of the interviews because, yeah we've actually done quite a lot of work to to get all these interviews but that also feels like it we did it ages ago because we did it before I went on holidays and before I ramble on any further we'll just say that this episode is going to be a wrap-up of our time overseas, my wedding all that sort of stuff some fun stuff we did what we've been reading and then yeah, the next few episodes, we're going to share with you um, basically an update on some guests that we had on in the past. Obviously, there are so many more people that we wanted to speak to um, and that we want to revisit. And, you know, maybe there's maybe we'll do that again in the future because we really yeah, had fun I doing really this. I enjoy having you back. And so, yeah, so our reread season, um, this concept is, yeah, inviting people back. Um, who we've interviewed over the past five years. Um, So we've got four episodes with double interviews and it's really exciting and I think we had a lot of fun talking to everyone and it really, like how long ago they were on the podcast really varies, uh, which was really fun as well. So it was great fun. We had just the best time chatting with everyone because not only did we like talk to them about like their more recent writing projects and everything, which you'll all hear, but off the air, we just kept talking to everyone about our travel plans and your wedding and everything. It was every interview went for like triple the amount of time that we had maybe originally estimated because we just love talking to people so much. And I'm pretty sure without fail, I uh, have mentioned my camel podcast in every single interview off, yeah. off, off air so off the air definitely potentially on the air once or twice maybe we'll see. um so <laughs> just a, a sneak peek I'm working on something with ABC um and I can't believe it's taking me this long to do but it's basically a little audio documentary over two episodes about oh, very camel race much more high tech than what we do here yes yeah, so much more high tech I'm learning so much and that's going to be if it's not out until April but I'm like so keen to talk about it with everybody it's the craziest story that 
I've ever done. I'm so excited to be doing it. So, um, yeah, I was like deep in writing my my script for that when we were recording these and my script ended up being 12,000 words. So that gives you an idea of how in-depth this thing is. <laughs> Super in-depth. Um, but I suppose the good thing timing-wise for our Better Words friends is by the time we get to next year's season, when it actually airs, you can be like, it's finally here. It's airing. finally here. <laughs> like I know. I'm going to be so excited. Yeah, you better <laughs> believe I'm going to be plugging it on this because I put a lot of work into this. Um, and, it's taken and, a long time. And so the other thing that we decided with this, basically because we did not get everything organised enough to have it all scheduled before we went overseas, which was the original pie in the sky, I think, plan, for this, um, what we we're, were actually perhaps doing, a bit too optimistic there. Yeah, classic me. Um, we know this yeah. about me. Um, what we're going to be doing? We had a bit of a discussion. We were like, "Oh, should we take a break for Christmas?" But then we decided that actually, you know, we personally love to cram in as much reading as possible on that Christmas break, um, and we are from a place where sometimes you have to drive like eight hours to go and see your family for Christmas. So we've decided that we are from, from this episode, we are just going to be putting them out um, weekly and we'll go into early January. So you'll have that to enjoy over Christmas or save up for after Christmas if, if that's more your thing. Um, but yeah, we just sort of like, you know what people and people like to buy books over Christmas and you know, so it just, it made no sense for us not to do it over Christmas. So we hope you enjoy that as well. I mean, a, you know, why not? This is when our episodes are ready and we want to share them with you, <laughs> Yeah. but also, yeah, I feel like this like illusion <laughs> that, you know, because everything tends to go on break for Christmas, there's nothing to watch or listen to. So yeah, uh, yeah we'll, you, we'll be um, here for you. <laughs> and if you would prefer this to some family member watching the cricket per se, um, you know, then yeah, we're here I, for you. We're here for you instead of the cricket. That I encounter. Yeah, 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 exactly. If you are not one of the people who enjoys watching the multitude of sports that are on um, <laughs> over this time, then we're here for you. We're here for you. Yeah, but um, before we get into all of that, I suppose um, we want to talk about our trip. Yeah, we we want to be indulgent on our podcast and talk about our trip. And there will be book recommendations from this. Yeah, so if I... you don't care, stop listening um, because we're about to get <laughs> I mean, super self-indulgent. You can come back later because there are going to be some good book recommendations. I read some amazing stuff. Like I read so much on on our seven weeks off. Um, but yeah, we're just, we're going to well. start with the most exciting thing, which is my wedding. Yay. And I'm going to, I'm going to pass over to Caitlin because oh I want to hear what Caitlin's impression of the day was. Oh, okay. So <laughs> stop me at any point, I suppose, Michelle, um, <laughs> for anything that's like, you don't want to be shared with the public, <laughs> maybe. Um, so Michelle's wedding, oh, um, which again is probably mentioned in every one of these interviews. And I know we t had talked about it in our last season because we were sort of, you know, we were getting there and it was Michelle obviously lived in the UK and we've been telling everyone that we were all going back um, for her wedding in Edinburgh. Except and the no, funny my fiance thing... is not Scottish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So when I tell anyone I know that, like, you know, at work or, you know, just in conversation, say I'm going to Edinburgh for my best friend's wedding, that's what this trip is for. And they go, oh, did she, like, 
meet a, Scot- a Scotsman or an Englishman and it's like, no, she they're just two kids from kidding. central Queensland <laughs> who wanted to get married in Edinburgh. Yeah. I mean, yes. I have to answer so, that question. Like literally Jack and I have both had to answer that question so many times. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I suppose now you don't because now it's done. Yeah. So, that's true. Oh, before we get to the married. actual wedding though, um, the literally the day you left Australia, something very important happened. Yes. So, <laughs> um, the yes. So midnight's landed. So Australian time, midnight's landed on Spotify at about four p.m. Sydney time on the Friday. Um, I left work at <laughs> uh three thirty or something to go to the airport, and so. And then I like, you know, I checked in and everything and I had time before my flight. So I sat down and I like just sat in a chair in the middle of Sydney International Airport and listened through the whole album in full. Um, And of course now, because it's weeks and weeks later, we know that Taylor Swift then dropped like the 3am edition with the bonus songs. And we all knew that there was going to be a 3 a.m. surprise, but by like the time difference and everything, I was worried that I'd already be on my flight by then. And what if I missed it and I had to wait until I was in Singapore to like get Wi-Fi and find out what happened? Uh, but I didn't, thankfully. And funnily enough, because that had been in my head, and even though my flight was delayed, <laughs> I didn't like go back onto Instagram or whatever and like find out or figure it out until almost 40 minutes later after she dropped the extra songs, <laughs> song about 50. Um, but it was very funny because, like, when the date was announced, Michelle was like, thank God, it's a few days before the wedding. Um, and obviously we all would have attended, but, like, I might have been a little bit distracted because <laughs> probably would have listened to it, like, that morning or something. But um, and everyone I knew... <laughs> kept saying to me like oh and you'll have it for your trip isn't that exciting oh you'll get to listen on the plane isn't that exciting or oh my god will you get to listen to it before you go on the plane like how's it going to work and everyone was like checking with me which was so funny um clearly everyone in my life knows (laughs) that I'm a Swifty um so yes I was listening to Midnight's uh I mean basically I haven't stopped listening to it uh this entire time but I've honestly, I've never, ever listened to a full Taylor Swift album the year it came out, let alone the month it came out. The day. And I'll be honest. Yeah, the day. And I'll be honest. I think the only full album I've listened to is 1984 because I. 1989. 1989. Sorry. I mean, this just proves that like you're not lying. I was no looking idea. at my book. Sh- like, uh, come on. Okay, look, for most people. 1984 rolls off the tongue. I'll give it It does you, because it's a book yes. and I'm looking at my bookshelf. Anyway, sorry. 1989. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, look, the fact that I, I've listened to this purely because of you and also Alicia, who we were staying with, who had already listened to it by the time I woke up that morning. Um, and I was like, I downloaded it for the train, but I didn't know that there was like a 3am thing. So I just downloaded like the first bit. Um, so yeah, that, and then I downloaded the others, but you know, what's so nice about it is I really like it, which is, is not surprising. Like, it's not that I don't like Taylor Swift. I'm just, 
I'm not I'm not one for brand new music from anyone and actually my Spotify personality thing shows this. I like familiarity and I get a little bit yeah. nervous, a little bit like when someone gives you a present and you don't know if you're going to like it. I don't like surprises and there is always a moment before, even when I hear new music from like Paul McCartney, I'm like, what if I don't like it? Like there's just this moment where I'm like, no, I think I'd just rather go with what I know. Like it just, I can't explain it. Anyway, that's just me with music generally. Um, really like the album and because Alicia's had it on repeat in the car, I've had it on repeat. I think every time I listen to it now, like it's just going to remind me of those drives we did and like going up to Glasgow for my wedding. And yeah. it's nice to have those memories associated with things. And for you, it will always be coming to England. Like, oh, I love that. Yeah, exactly. It was so fun. And I mean, like while we were in Edinburgh, there was the day that uh, the Bejeweled music video was released. I got up and I was staying in Airbnb with two of our friends and I got up and the other two weren't up yet. And so I went to watch the music video on my phone and like one second in, uh, Vanessa walked out and she likes Taylor Swift as well. And I was like, do you want to watch the Bejeweled music video? And so I got it up on the TV. Yeah. So funnily enough, this was the morning of your wedding. We watched the music video and then we, I think we, then we watched the anti-hero music video again. And then as we were just like getting ready in the morning, uh, we put like the songs on YouTube and they just kind of kept playing um, through the album, like the lyric videos on YouTube. So this, <laughs> funnily enough, this Taylor Swift album really is associated with this trip and your wedding. Um, so we got ready. We had arranged with a lot of the other guests to meet in the Hollywood <laughs> palace car park we all like sort of stood around and we were like okay so once everyone was there we got there, are, to... there were 11 guests so it wasn't that hard to wait for everybody <laughs> yeah it wasn't that it wasn't that long of a wait to like you know corral everyone or anything but once everyone was there we walked up the hill and it was like quite sunny but it was still kind of a muddy walk and it there had was, been like, rain because it had been and... raining like a few days the before. two days before I honestly least. was like yeah. we are definitely gonna have to do plan b this is not happening outside yeah but it did and so we walked up and it wasn't a super long walk or anything but it was very funny because walking past a lot of other people and tourists who are doing the much longer version of this hike while wearing you know a long sleeve velvet dress and boots um was very funny I just like I li literally at one point <laughs> this guy like sort of jogged past me and then someone behind him who was wearing like hiking boots and like a polo shirt I was like don't mind us in our ridiculous hiking attire <laughs> like <laughs> it was um quite funny but we got up to um you know to a certain point and there was a piper standing on the edge of a hill and we could hear him playing and we had to and so then we were just waiting and admiring this beautiful view and we met the celebrant and just looking around and all talking to each other waiting for you guys to arrive and then you did and we saw this car pull up and we were like that has to be them right <laughs> and we were like all looking down at you and then we saw you get out of the car and your photographer and videographer were with you. And then we noticed that one of them was like running ahead. <laughs> Poor Simon. So then, <laughs> yeah, I know he did, he did a lot of good work. Um, so yeah, so your videographer like sort of ran ahead um, to sort of get us ready for like when you properly 
entered uh, the ceremony and um, gave me a mic because I did a reading during the ceremony. So I had to wear a mic um, and like gave a mic to the celebrant and everything. And it was all nice. And so then we figured out where we were going to stand for the lighting and everything. So we had to like move. All of that. We had to move. Like we'd been there on, on Monday. So this was on Wednesday and we'd been there on Monday, chosen the spot where we wanted the ceremony. It was beautiful, but then <laughs> I never thought that I would have this problem. It was quite sunny. Yeah. I didn't think I'd have this problem in Scotland in autumn, but we had quite harsh light. So we had to move to another part where we were sort of sheltered by the rock formation. So we had some... Um, it was just was, a bit closer to like beautiful. the bigger part of the the rest of the hill, I suppose, yeah. like further out from like where there's like a little landing, I suppose. We just kind of went in a bit, but yeah. And so there's still a beautiful view behind you and everything. And then you got photos around the ruins and everything later. Yeah. And so we, you know, all sort of stood around to wait and then the Piper like came into his new position and then your photographer ran down <laughs> to take photos of you. And so then, and then you came down and as you and Jack wa- were walking towards us, we were, everyone was like so excited because we'd all just been kind of hanging around and then like we got into position and we were ready, you know, and then you start walking towards us and I don't know about anyone else, but I immediately welled up and I really didn't expect that to happen because all that had happened is that you were walking <laughs> like that was it. And then chosen a reading that I got to read, which I'm very glad I did before your vows. Not that it would make any sense to do it after, but <laughs> because then during your vows, Jack went first and he did such a good job and he spoke about you so beautifully. I was crying so much. All I remember is he like just looking at his face and he was just crying the whole time. Yeah. The whole time. I mean, if anyone's seen the photos on Michelle's Instagram, I'm pretty sure there's a great photo of Jack like wiping his eye and and he was like two words into his vows when that photo must have been taken. It was so beautiful. Yeah, and then, I mean, it is quite funny that it wasn't a legal ceremony because then I think we were all just, like, so moved and excited by your vows that then your celebrant was like, ah, congratulations, that's it, and we actually forgot to do the rings. Um, (laughs) And so then, and I was holding the rings, and then, and so then everyone was like, yay, and I was like, rings, and and then you almost – took them like you were like oh well haha we'll just like put them on and you took them from me and you almost put your own ring on and I was like Jesus can you at least put the rings on each other and we'll just like take this extra second um all out of order and all jumbled but there was a beautiful thing that you did in your ceremony that was a Scottish tradition I think that was like a a knot around your hands that the celebrant like tied around yeah and that was really nice everyone really liked that that was a really lovely part of the ceremony for me it was and that's I think that's maybe that's almost why it's like you'd already done that sort of thing that yeah I don't know but I cried so much during your vows that like right after the ceremony then we were like getting a group photo and I remember I said to Alicia I was like is there like mascara all over my face because I'd been crying so much and the wind had already been blowing my hair all over my face and getting lipstick everywhere and I was just like what does my face look like is the top part black and the bottom half red like what's going on and nothing had moved I guess it was fine the magic of makeup um but yeah, it was so lovely. And so, yeah, and then we got group photos and like photos with you and the sun was out the whole time. And so then 
uh, we all left you guys up there to get some more photos at the beautiful location with the chapel ruins and everything there. And so we all walked back down and honestly took <laughs> kind of a long time to decide what we were going to do and how we were going to get to the next venue. Um, I think just because between all of it, like, international local no one was actually local to edinburgh we were like what do we do <laughs> taxis ubers like what are we going to do how many people are there it was all big jumble but your beautiful like reception venue i suppose uh had a bowling alley and so we just went straight in there um everyone got drinks we got a bottle of prosecco we were bowling we were talking about taylor swift we we're hanging out while you were getting photos it was old school it was a skittles alley so it was from the original i'll post a picture of it like i'll I'll post a link to the venue because i think that explains it better than i could but it's like the venue is from like the 14th century or something and like the it's the original skittles alley so it's like hundreds of years old and yeah there's like a little bar area and stuff um and we were sort yeah. of like, oh, what do people do in that time? Because it's such a small amount of guests. Um, and then when we decided to have yeah, the reception we needed there, an we were activity, like, it's perfect. But it, yeah, yeah, it was, it so, was so fun. Yeah, and so yeah, we were just bowling and chatting, and you know, sort of all talking to each other. It was a great group. Um, I do have, and we were just you know, good waiting <laughs> for you to arrive. <laughs> we were just all like so excited and waiting for you to arrive. And then when you did, we were all so excited. And wanted to hear about where you'd been to take photos and i think we went up to the like up to dinner quite quickly after you'd arrived got to the venue we were on quite a tight um, time frame with that yes <laughs> yes we were um we had lots to cover because we had lots of speeches um because both of your families had written speech like lots of speeches between all of them <laughs> but i went first oh my god um, your speech <laughs> my speech amazing it was so yeah, talk brilliant. about that for a bit. <laughs> I can. I want you to send me a copy of it because I can barely remember. Like you know, when you're just in the moment. Um, so I definitely yeah. want you to send me a copy of it. Um, and obviously we'll have the wedding video and stuff as well. But it was so funny. You obviously referenced like some of our favorite shows and our favorite things, which I feel is just this wonderful shared thing that we have and also I think it's just quite funny because I had also chosen to make a 10 things I hate about you reference joke thing in my vows as well um so it just I love including all those quirky little things and it was just it was just so beautiful and I think the thing that I've said to you on the phone the other night when we were having a chat and that I've said to friends as well is like obviously leading up to the wedding day I expected to feel a lot of love for and from Jack like you would hope so right the person you're marrying but I just had no idea of like the immense love that I would feel towards my friends and from my friends who had come from so far and just I just felt so grateful to be in that room rooms with you all and to share that with you and I just I felt so loved and not even necessarily by Jack like that was like I just felt like we were so loved together like the romantic aspect was like actually the last thing on my mind about the wedding and it was just 
so beautiful and I don't know whether that would have been the case in a in a massive wedding like it just felt so special because I literally with 11 people like I literally got to sit down and like I was very conscious of like I want to sit down and talk to and spend time with every single person um, especially because some people had only come just for the wedding and others like you and Vanessa and Geordie and our other friends were staying for the whole week so I was really conscious of trying to get around to everybody and spend time with everybody and Oh, it was just like, it was literally the best day of my life. Like I just, I kind of hate myself for saying that because it's very cheesy and not me. But honestly, like if I could just relive one day of my life again, it would be that. Like I loved it so much. Yeah. And it was so stress-free and amazing. Like my wedding planner was incredible. And I'll link to our wedding photos as well if you want to have a look on my personal thing. And then, you know, all the suppliers that we have are there. I've like tagged them all because they're all incredible. And it was really important to me that we had as many small businesses as possible. Um, and our wedding planner, I never thought I'd be the sort of person who said I had a wedding planner, but she was absolutely incredible. It's a lot to also, and she was really good. Also, fun fact, the dress you wore, Alicia very nearly bought the same one. <laughs> Which is crazy because you were my unofficial bridesmaids like it just would have been so funny if you'd rocked up in the same dress as well I would not have been mad about it I would be like this is perfect (laughs) it's so funny because and it's such a it's kind it's a real girl thing as well that like I even as a very unofficial bridesmaid and I bought this dress before you sort of like really officially unofficially (laughs) dubbed us that but I was still like that's I wanted to check with you that like you were okay with the dress and everything in a in a low maintenance way without being I like, also feel like you, you pick the dress because like, I'm a bridesmaid but like I feel like you were yeah. also like is this going to be like a weather appropriate for this condition like a little bit yeah. yeah um and also it was like a dark red and that was kind of a color on your dress and so I was like you can say this isn't okay like it's fine (laughs) it was perfect you looked amazing um as people see in the photos as well um yeah it was just the best day of my life really um it was such a great day I was really glad um it was so funny because I flew over sort of right before the wedding so it was a long you know long days of traveling we had like sort of a half day and then a full day or whatever of being in Edinburgh like doing like two days but we did like we had like sort of two days of being tourists and I was like I didn't really feel like I was fully in in like the mode yet or whatever and then suddenly we were at your wedding and I was just like you know I'd been at work a week before and I was like I'm really glad that I came here for this (laughs) like yeah I mean you know imagine if they didn't for whatever reason like imagine if none of us did or something I don't know anyway but it was a very beautiful day and so yeah so we um had a very nice dinner a three-course dinner food was amazing um, and then we played more great. skittles yeah yes and then we played more skittles yeah yeah that was basically um, it. that was basically the wedding day and yeah exactly our... we just kept hanging out we played skittles we went to another bar um and like in on the royal mile somewhere and then we all went home so you all went home and jack was like come for another drink at this pub that we'd been to once before when we visited edinburgh um so we went there for a drink and then by then it was like 1am and we just walked up to Edinburgh Castle on the Royal Mile and there was no one else about and it was like really weird but really fun and so I'm just there in my wedding dress like it was the it was the weirdest thing and then we just walked back to where we were staying um and it was like 
yeah, one in the morning. It was really funny. Um, I really, I really like that though, because right when Jack was like, oh, we should go to this other place and like people were like, oh yeah, maybe and everything. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so tired. I want to go home. I and so I, I was you like, like, oh, <laughs> I just I really just didn't want to go. Um, I was like, yeah, no, Caitlin is not coming. I was done, but I was like, oh, let's let them have like one drink by themselves on their wedding day. Um, trying to frame it as like a really nice thing. But I'm actually really glad that we did that now and that we didn't push on and go with you because it probably was only going to be me and Vanessa and Geordie that pushed on. Yeah. And I'm glad we didn't because then you might not have ended up outside the Edinburgh Castle in your wedding outfits <laughs> and at one in the morning. And that's a really fun thing and you have those photos now yeah. from your wedding day as well like because you just didn't want the day to end and I, I think that's great I didn't want the day to end oh my gosh so yeah that's that's the wedding that's the wedding chat basically um and I'd never I had this conversation with you so many times I'd never pictured what my wedding could look like um I didn't really have any idea this was a very us thing which I loved but the one thing that has always been in my mind ever since I was about 15 um, was that I wanted my first dance song to be something by the Beatles um, and it was so we practiced yeah. our little dance to that we didn't really do like a dance but we practiced dancing together for a few nights beforehand you did very good job doing a little dance yeah I, I just can't believe that it actually all happened it feels like a dream in like the nicest possible way it was amazing it was amazing very yeah. special I know holidays always feel like a bit a bit like a dream. So I can imagine that the added yes. thing of a wedding is like, what fairy tale was I <laughs> pretending yeah. I was in? So we something? should also <laughs> update you like before. So we went overseas about two weeks before the wedding. Thank God that we did because the second day that we were there, um, I tested positive for COVID. <laughs> so we were obviously all staying. We were staying with our friends um, and we tried really hard not to spread it around the house at first um so we literally were all spent <laughs> the first few days like all sleeping in different rooms it was really funny and anyway eventually the whole house got it um and then we were like cool we can just hang out now with all our germs together <laughs> so yeah, yeah that was fun so I that's why I partly why I got so much reading done on the trip and we obviously did a lot of train journeys and stuff so I did so much reading um, but yeah, thank goodness that we did that because that is exactly why I planned to go over early because I was like, just in case we get sick, um, I don't want it to ruin the actual wedding. So yeah. And thankfully we weren't very sick for very long. We were sort of better within like four or five days. So which is very lucky. Yes, I know you were all fine and you were all, yeah, completely fine by the wedding. Yes. And so I suppose after chatting about the wedding, uh, the sort of next section or whatever of this episode is um, bookshops and stuff that we went to, which funnily enough started the morning after yeah. the wedding. Wedding recovery day. All the girls in Edinburgh. went book shopping um, and the boys went climbing. Um, it, just, it was so nice, wasn't it? So um, we started out at Rare Birds Bookshop in, I think it's in Stockbridge. Um, yeah. Which wasn't open when I visited Edinburgh last time because obviously I went to a lot of bookshops last time in Edinburgh. And yeah, Rare Birds is just beautiful. And actually, I, I'm so glad I bought the candle that I bought when we were there. I've not even burnt it yet and I can smell it in my room like, <gasps> now while we're recording. Wow. You know, when you, it's just such a nice scent. 
Um, yeah, that's anyway, cool. the candle is called Writer's Block, which I really enjoyed. Oh, yeah. It was um, such a beautiful, it was such a good bookshop. And yeah, the branding I'll was just, just say, to die for. <laughs> so good. But yeah, I guess I'll just say as well if anyone wants like a more proper rundown of all the bookshops I went to, at least across my trip, they're all on my Instagram. I did a reel for each sort of spot that I went to with all bookshop rundowns um and like the books I bought and tag tagged all the bookshops and everything because I I don't think now with it in front of me I'll remember <laughs> all the details exactly but yeah we went to Rare Bird's bookshop and when we were there I actually bought Ivana Lynch's book and it was hardback and signed so I was very excited mm. about that and I picked a random like obviously we all know that I went over to the UK with a list of autumn bestseller books that I wanted to buy in hardback because yes. um, it was prime time to go to the UK. And I don't actually even know how many books I bought because I didn't bring them all back with me. <laughs> um, I Because I left, so I basically read the ones that I knew Alicia would want to read and then I left them with her. <laughs> oh, um, but I think the end total was something like between 10 and 12 books. Uh, mostly wow. hardback I know um so anyway I had a list but I in Rare Birds bookshop they had a beautiful display of I think it was books that they were loving and recommended and that's where I saw the cover for this beautiful book called um Why Did You Stay by Rebecca Humphreys and the thing that caught my eye about it is it's like one of those like renaissance paintings with the woman looking like really exasperated at the at like a man like it looked like a meme and it just caught yeah. my eye and I was like oh this looks good and I had not heard of it before um and like it definitely one of the best non-fiction books I've read this year which is not hard when I've not read many um but it was such <laughs> a good book it was so and and literally as soon as I started reading it I could not stop talking about it with every other person that I saw like it was spectacular um and I don't know whether we're gonna we, we should maybe have time later in the episode to talk about things a little bit more but that's where I bought that book and did you buy any other books that day because I didn't I did I got um Bob Mortimer's The Satsuma Complex from Toppings and Co which is one of the places we went and actually you'll see in my wedding photos um that it was one of the places that I requested that we go for wedding photos. So we had been there the day before and they had a little table set up for us. Our wedding planner had organized um, a little bit of our flowers like to be there and a little card and everything for us. It was beautiful. Um, and then obviously we just got our photos and then left. And as we were leaving, I was like, I'm going to come back. I'll come back tomorrow and spend some money. Like I do love it here. Like I didn't want them to think that I was I'll just come some like... I, I was like, I don't want you to think I'm just here for the aesthetic. I genuinely love this bookshop. Yeah. <laughs> so then I went in I went in the next day and the same guy was there. And he's like, you were here yesterday. Yay. And um, yeah, and I was just like, thank you so much. You made it like the best. Like it was so wonderful. And we were just saying oh, how much we loved the bookstore. And so stuff, beautiful. So. Yeah. It yeah. Great. I can't wait to see more. Um, so yeah, Toppings and Co, which you also, I mean, we're skipping around a bit here, but you also visited their store in Bath too. I did. Yeah. Which was very good. And I bought a few books there, but I think, yeah, we'll get to that in a sort of separate 
area we're on the bits where we were together now I think yeah um, and I'm like I'm yeah. literally not go- I'm not going to tell you like literally every book I bought um in this chat I'm just going to tell you the ones that I read because then I think as I read them I'm just going to say that I got them in England and we'll talk about them in yeah. future episodes because I have so many books that it's ridiculous to to go over yes I'm sure we will yeah we also went to Golden Hair Bookshop which is really sweet um bookshop in the Newtown area Yes, and we went to a couple of others, but I don't, unfortunately, I don't remember the names of them right now. Um, no. Um, and then the next day, um, we went to Waterstones uh, on Prince's Street. And if anyone's ever been to Edinburgh before, the Waterstones is such a good place to go. And if you can snag the right table, you can get a view of the castle. And I have never yeah, been able to get there. It was so nice. So I've never been able to get there and actually get a table that gets to the castle. And we got there the next day and we were waiting for Vanessa and Geordie. And I was like, Jack, get that table. I want the table with the castle. <laughs> so I finally got like a t- a, to sit in the cafe with a, a view of the castle. It was so beautiful. So I've just like wanted that for ages. Um, and I mean, I just love looking. There's nothing I love more than looking around a big water stone. It's like, oh, delightful. Yeah, it was really cool. But yes, and so the other place um, that we visited lots of bookshops together was in London. So we are skipping ahead a week um, where I don't remember where you were and I was in Bath and and in York. (laughs) I was on my honeymoon. That's right. (laughs) Oh, Oh my God. Um, Yes, but then... (laughs) Then you and Which actually, um, if anyone's interested, we did go to um, a lovely little village in the Yorkshire Dales, um, if anyone's interested. This is the most self-indulgent we've ever been on the podcast. Um, <laughs> but when we were in this lovely little town, I found a bookshop and it was called the Stripey Badger Bookshop. And it was so sweet. Was and I did buy one. a book there and the bookseller was just lovely. And it was just, you know, one of those things to be like, oh, that's so nice. Anyway, um, the village was Fun fact, the village was the one that they use in the filming of the new version of All Creatures Great and Small. So if you've watched that, the village was in that and like so the bookstore and stuff was featured in in that. So it's like a little fun pop culture thing. What a fun fact. That's cool. Um, Yes, but then, you know, cut to London. So this was the last section of my trip and you and Jack came to London for a couple of days, um, which is very fun uh, because... I got to hang out with you all by myself after everyone else was hanging around at the wedding. (laughs) And it seems funny because, like, we do – obviously we talk a lot, but people will know that, like, we actually don't see each other very often. We live very far away and the only time that I've been to Sydney recently, you had had the audacity to catch COVID and not see me. So, you know, that was very rude. really didn't work out. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and the time really before fun. that, you, the time before that you came up, we went and tried on wedding dresses, and you didn't really spend any time with Jack. Like you were only here really quickly. So no, it yeah, was it a lovely. Trip yeah, that time. Yeah. So it was really great um, for yeah all three of us to hang out and do lots of things. And Jack is a very good sport and came to musicals and bookshops with us. Um, Jack <laughs> loved the musicals. Jack picked did, the musical yeah. that you were very skeptical about. Do you I want to was. Share? Yes. All right. Well, let's do musicals. So the musicals I saw in London, I saw Come From Away, um, which I love and have seen in Sydney. And so I just got like a cheap ticket the first night I got to London. Um, 
and I saw Les Mis, which was kind of the one that I was like, ooh, classic West End, I'll see like a fancy show. And I'd never seen it on stage before, but I have been in a local production of Les Mis before, so it was really cool to watch it. Um, and it was just phenomenal, obviously. Um, and then, yes, together the three of us went and saw Back to the Future, the musical, uh, which I was sceptical of when you first told me that you bought tickets for yourself and Jack. And then we realised that I was in London then and so I ended up tagging along. But I only bought my ticket that day. It was just <laughs> so fun. And all the mu- I didn't know what it was going to be, but all the music was original and the effects were absolutely amazing. And Honestly, one of the I best think- effects, like musicals absolutely. ever. Absolutely. Yeah, it was really, really cool. And I got a program and so I was reading it afterwards and I think it makes complete sense how good and how true to the movie it was and the spirit of the movie because the same people who sort of created the movie created the musical and that's part of the story of why it got them, why it took them so long to sort of get it off the ground because all of these theatre producers were like, you don't know how to make a musical. What are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, Um, fair. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but, you know, they got there in the end and it's really, really cool. Yeah, so that was really fun. And then we all saw Matilda, which I'd wanted to see for a really long time and you had both seen before but were very happy to come along with me and see it again. That was my third time seeing it. So am I excited for the Netflix movie coming out? Yes. Yes, I am. Oh, very exciting. I'm really glad yeah. that I've seen it on stage before seeing that now. I think that's really fun. Yeah. But yeah, and I'm, it was sh- crazy, I'm sure it was the it was the same uh, Miss Trunchbull as we just adored last time. Um, but it's ten years since Matilda started on the West End, which is crazy. But it's five years since I first saw it, so that makes sense. Yeah, it's so cool. But um, when I was like back and talking to people at work about all the musicals I saw, someone asked me what my favorite one was, and. I sort of laughed and I was like, I was just really the most surprised by Back to the Future. And so I'm, I was still kind of in that space. Like I obviously really, I knew I was going to love the other three and I've previously really loved two, you know, but I was just, I had no, oh my God, Back to the Future like really threw me. It was so cool. I really loved it. Was it was mind blowing. And I feel like it's one of those shows that like people who aren't into musicals will enjoy because the special effects yeah. are so mind blowing and the comedy is good. And like a lot of people who probably love the movie would be willing to go and see that as a musical, you know, so it does feel like a very anti-theatre kid choice to make, but it was very, very fun and much better than I expected it to be. Spectacular. Mm. So it was great. It was so good. Yeah, in terms of obviously Matilda is one of my favourite musicals because it's the third time I've seen it on the West End. Um, it's it's just the the songs are superb. It's one of the few uh, musicals that I will listen to the soundtrack from start to finish on repeat. Like I adore it. It's so clever. Love Tim Minchin. Um, so I'm very excited for the uh, Netflix movie that'll that'll be coming out i think christmas day or christmas eve or something i think so yeah what a treat what a treat um yeah so that was absolutely amazing um do you want to do one more travel related story before we share what we read on the trip yes proper book roundup yes so i suppose my other my best sort of bookish related travel story which i feel like this is the perfect you are all the perfect audience to hear is that when I was in Bath, 
I went to the Jane Austen Centre, um, as one does, although I will confess I've never actually read any Jane Austen. Um, but, you know, this is what we do. Um, so I went to the Jane Austen Centre, um, which was so fun. They had lots of things from the movies that have been made out of her work and um, prop like clothing and items and hats and things like that from sort of the original, like the time period that all of her work is set, copies of her books, like a map of Bath that sort of had locations that were important to Jane's life and in her work. Um, it was really, really good experience. And I'm sure lots of people listening have been there before as well um, and remember it fondly, but it was just very fun. And at the end, like in the sort of exhibition bit that you look in, there is a statue of the statue was a bit a wax figure thing of Mr. Darcy um, that you can like take a photo with, um, which I posted on my Instagram. And so the person taking your photo says like, oh, hug him, look up lovingly, you know, la, 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 la. And someone else who worked there, they all dress as like characters. And one, um, someone else who worked there told me that he has seen before they like wet his t-shirt for the photo ops but he was like but clearly they're not doing that today and I was like oh my goodness it's just so fun like everyone really gets into it um which was fantastic and the little talk at the start they have all of there's like seven portraits photographs or whatever ever of Jane and they all look different and so what she actually looked like is this like huge mystery and controversy <laughs> so it's very funny um but yeah I thought it was really great and I did that in the morning and then from there I sort of walked down to Sydney Gardens I got some lunch and in the afternoon when I was like oh what should I do this afternoon I was leaving Bath the next morning I kind of just thought oh like stuff it I'll go to the house of Frankenstein because I had been a bit unsure about going there just with all the other things in Bath that I wanted to do. Um, but then as I was, like, deciding between a couple of things, I was like, nah, I'll go to the House of Frankenstein. Um, but the funny thing is is that it's, like, two doors down from the Jane Austen Centre, so I went all the way back to where I was and I went into the House of Frankenstein, um, which was also really, really well set up because you go through these rooms and sort of climb up this house with rooms about Mary Shelley and her family and her writing and like how she wrote the story and everything and then as it continues on it becomes about the legacy of Frankenstein as a character and a like work of fiction and you know adaptations and how the sort of more like the green beak head with bolts in the side became the image and all of that stuff um which was really really interesting to see and then at the very top, they had a screening of the first Frankenstein film ever made from 1910, which is so silent and like 10 minutes long, which is really cool. Um, but also in this House of Frankenstein um, at the end, they have a giant wax figure of the creature um, as originally just described in Mary Shelley's novel. So he's like eight foot tall big and, and muscly and like long hair and it just looks like like it looks very intimidating and crazy and this mo and this figure thing that they had had animatronic things in him so it looked like his heart was beating and his eyes were moving and so it was just very creepy 
to look at, even though they had the things of like how he was made, like on sign panels right next to him. But it was just very creepy to look at and quite scary because he just looks so much more real than the the idea of the creature that we normally see, like mm. green giant hands, scars and bolts and all of that sort of stuff. So it was just really funny as I was leaving and everything thinking about my day I was like I went from like swooning with Mr. Darcy to being very creeped out by this giant like wax model of the creature and I was like this is a really strange um combo it's like like, to do both in one day uh was quite weird actually (laughs) sounds like it was really fun though it was really fun okay shall we do what books we read yes all right okay I feel like you should go first because you read so much more than me (laughs) I read a total of seven books on my seven week trip I'm very happy the first book that I read was Unnecessary Drama by Nina Kenwood and that was because when I went over so yes I bought a lot of books back with me but my plan was to only take books that I was leaving for Alicia so basically a bunch of Australian books that I had loved and that I knew she would like so I took about five or six books over with me as well um, packed into my suitcase and everything So Unnecessary Drama by Nina Kenwood, which Mm -hmm. uh, will feature in an upcoming episode. Um, Yes, there's your first little sneak peek, everyone. There's your first sneak peek. Um, But the thing is with these episodes, as you'll notice, it literally is just to catch up with the author. We're not talking about the themes in the book or anything like that. But let me tell you, when you read this book, this is essentially what the inside of my head is like, especially <laughs> what it was like at that time in my life, which was the first year of uni. Like, honestly, this is this is what goes on in my head. And it was just so, it was, it was wonderful to read, but I was like, oh, it's a little bit close to home. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, brilliant, really, really fun. So it is about Brooke who is moving into her first share house at university. Um, but the guy that moves in um, turns out is someone from her town who she had had a crush on. They've had this this past history. Um, but obviously one of the rules of the, of the house is that there should be no unnecessary drama. So she's a bit like, well, I don't know what to do. Um, it's just so much fun. It's wonderful. Uh, but yeah, just like the inside of my brain. So that was, <laughs> it was, it was a lot to read, but I was like, yeah, Nina nailed it. Yeah. It was such a great book. I've read that one as well. And it was so fun because while it is like enemies to lovers, there's also fake dating moments in there, which yes. is so fun. And like the whole, you know, the new friend group and everything being your first year of uni, like love it. Yeah, it was brilliant. Um, and our chat with Nina is really fun too. It's been years since we spoke to her. So that was, that's going to be really fun coming up. So then when we had COVID, thank goodness Jack had, at my insistence, um, when he wanted to get me a book for my birthday, I was like, why don't you get me Richard Oseman's new book, but just order it in hardback in the UK and get it sent to Alicia's address so it's like there when we arrived because we went to the UK like six days after my birthday so I was like let's just put the birthday celebrations on pause until we get there um thank god he did that because 
I had a book to read when we had COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so I read Richard Oseman's new book, um, Will Come as No Surprise to Anyone That I Loved It. It was one of the few that it was one of the only ones that I bought back having already read because I want to reread number two and this third book together. So just in case anyone wasn't aware, the third Richard Oseman book is called The Bullet That Missed. Um, yeah, loved it. A great one to read while I was sick because it's a very cozy, comforting sort of mystery. So it was it was not too taxing. Um, so yeah, that was wonderful. And then um, Alicia had very kindly bought me for my birthday Holly Bourne's new book, Girlfriends. Um, oh, I mean, she could not go wrong picking Holly Bourne. Um, I absolutely loved her previous two books, How Do You Like Me Now and Pretending. And Girlfriends is amazing, impeccable. I absolutely love explorations of the complexity of female friendships. And this one has that, but it has a like a past present timeline switch as well. So this one follows Fern, who is in her early 30s and a friend from her like teenage years has suddenly reappeared in her life. And we sort of know from the start that there was some drama around that friendship or there was something that happened um but you know she's not sure whether to trust this friend or not based on stuff that had happened in the past and then of course we dive back and see the start of their friendship and that evolving and all the stuff from like probably I think they were 14 when they met so we go back to that and and go forward as well um and it's just really interesting and it's just one of those books that really opens your eyes to things and sort of makes you think about the different perspectives we have in relationships and we've talked about this a lot on the podcast of like people have their own main character vibes and it's that sort of thing of like the moments when you realize that oh actually like other people see the world and the same situations in such different ways yeah it was yeah it was really good I know you're gonna love it you were gonna love it yeah, it's, I mean, Holly Bourne can do no wrong in my eyes. No. It's it's so Absolutely. superb. It's a beautiful book. It's really well written and the ending is amazing as well. Oh, yeah, that sounds so good. I really want to read that. Yeah, so I was on this trip for three weeks and I'm going to say I read three books, but the truth of the matter is that I finished the third one like last weekend um, and actually read another book in between, but I won't count that as a holiday read. Um so the first one, I also had the same intentions in that I thought I would leave a book there and either that you would want to read it on this trip or maybe I could give it to Alicia or Vanessa or someone. So I took a proof from work. Now, this is a wonderful book that by the time this airs will be out. It's called Terms of Inheritance by Michelle Upton. And it is so fun. It is, I really think it is the perfect beach read this summer everyone listen up so terms of inheritance there's um this gold coast hotel tycoon mother she's got four daughters and she um unfortunately has cancer and so she sets each of her daughters a task for the next year they all have a task that they have to complete in order to earn their inheritance from her because she is going to die in about a year and the four sisters like some of them get along some of them don't they all have these very different tasks one of them is tasked with running the gold coast marathon one has to get a children's picture book published one has to stay in a relationship that lasts 
longer than three months and one is simply tasked to find herself. And it's like, how do you measure that? It's, but it's so fun. The book swaps between like a lot of, like all their perspectives as they're going on these different tasks and have their, all have very different but complicated relationships with each other and with their mother. But it's such a fun read. I read it really quickly. Um, I started it on the train from London to Edinburgh um, and I finished it before we left Edinburgh so I could give it to, um, I think I gave it to Alicia in the end um, mm. through you. Um, but, yeah, it was really, really fun. So, yeah, and I read significantly less books, but to be fair, my trip was half as long, so you go again. <laughs> you were doing stuff. Or you, you're, Hearing your itinerary made me tired. So, like, just bear in mind that while we were on holiday for that long, we had significant rest periods. <laughs> we had a lot of just catching up and just doing things. I but literally for a goal because you were, like, hanging yeah. out with all of your friends, whereas I was in, like, peak tourist mode. Yes, exactly, exactly. And there was only parts of our trip that we did peak tourist mode. Um, so the next one I read was Murder Before Evensong by Reverend Richard Coles. Um, honestly, a little bit disappointing, didn't love it. I actually ended up That's selling true. it through a Facebook group and posting it away before we left. Before so you even left. Yay me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Then the next one, which I was very excited for again this is an author who is like auto buy for me was cat lady by dorno porter i yes, adore I really read this dorno porter you are gonna love this book um she just has a knack for writing characters that are inherently like unlikable like i don't think yeah. i like any of the characters in her book and yet i am so drawn in like i read i started reading this when we came down to london it's a two-hour train trip and i was like halfway through by the time we got there i was just absolutely hooked and as much as i loved seeing musicals with you i was a bit sad that we were home so late because then i couldn't keep reading my book like it was so <laughs> it was so good it's just one of those books that you can't put down and i feel like i had the same thing with her other books the cows and so lucky so this one um i will say like it is probably one of, I mean, for, in my mind, it was one of the more triggering ones to, to warn people about because it does deal with pet bereavement, but I just know some people who have had some issues with their pets this year. So I was like, maybe don't read this right now. It's probably not mm. what you want to read. Um, but basically, it's a bit of an ode to our pets, but in a quite a confronting way of dealing with pet bereavement and the idea of it's not just a dog or it's not just a cat or it's not just a pet snake or whatever. Um, yeah. So this pet bereavement group is a huge part of the storyline. And then it's essentially about the roles that we play as women um, in different parts of our lives. And it's very fierce and feisty and I just loved it. But it was also very emotional and it was dedicated to all the animals that Dawn has ever had in her life. And I just was like, oh, oh. that's nice. It was really nice. Yeah. So absolutely highly recommend that one. Um, that probably will be – so it's so hard, isn't it? I honestly think that most of the books I read on this trip would be in my top reads of the year. But that is a podcast for another day. Fantastic. Um, the next one I read – so, oh, boy, this had, uh, was quite the drama. This was the one book that I wanted to buy on this trip, which was Tom Felton's <laughs> uh, memoir. And I saw it at Toppings in Edinburgh and I was like, oh no, 
I'll see it everywhere else. I don't want to carry it around today or something or for the rest of my trip. And so then I sort of kept an eye out in York and Bath and I didn't see it anywhere. And then by the time I got to London, I was like, I need to buy this damn book. And I asked someone at Waterstones and they were like, oh, it's out of stock all over London. Like you won't find it, blah, 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 which was very disappointing. But then Michelle found it for me in Daunt Books when we went there. Um, thank God for indies who uh, <laughs> have stock when people like crazed young Harry Potter fans run to chains to buy books like this. But so I found it. It was signed. Very exciting. But that's not the only story of this book because I spilt water all over it on my flight from London to Singapore and was stood up the back uh, <laughs> while the lovely flight attendants helped, like were patting down um my like passport and like they put my book sleeve in like the food warmer cupboard thing so that it could dry out <laughs> it's just very dramatic thankfully the book sleeve really absorbed most of the uh water um most of the drama so the dust jacket on the tom book is a little bit warped but you can't really tell now as for the story in it God, it was great. I read this book. I started it like on the floor of Heathrow Airport and finished it by the time I was landing in Melbourne because I actually went straight to Melbourne when I got back to Sydney for a family wedding. I think my siblings worked out that I'd been awake for almost 55 hours. So over that time, I was in multiple countries on flights, <laughs> watching lots of movies, but also I read all of Beyond the Wand, which was so, so fun was written in a really friendly way. It just really felt like I was having a chat with Tom when he was telling me about his life and his annoying brothers and his cool grandpa and how he didn't appreciate when he was so young that he was like on set with Richard Harris, you know, <laughs> like it was just really, really fun. I really enjoyed the book. Um, I would recommend it if anyone's been a bit on the fence maybe about reading beyond the wand because it was great it does sound really fun i think i'm definitely going to read it i do like memoirs like that that feel like you're just having a chat with them yeah and i think maybe some people are a bit skeptical sometimes about a memoir like this like you know most people only know tom felton from being in harry potter obviously but like you know doesn't mean that was his whole life he worked before and has worked like afterwards and you know has a life outside of that with friends and family and everything so yeah I don't know I was a little bit on the fence well no I wasn't sorry I the one I'm on the fence about actually is the Alan Rickman book I don't know how I feel about that I don't think I want to read that also I didn't realize how big it was going to be and then I saw it in bookstores and I was like yeah definitely not it's quite chunky have you seen it yeah, <laughs> yeah I have yeah it's a bit we we had a discussion about this the excerpt that I read from the Guardian I was like this this kind of boring like this isn't actually it's a bit of a weird yeah, one like I, I don't know if it I would don't... I don't know if it would be better if you actually read like the whole thing not just certain mm. bits pulled out but I don't know I have complicated feelings about that but anyway mm. Tom Felton book was great so read Amazing. it if you want to you Amazing. continue so the next book I read was the one that I have had so many discussions with people about. Um, I could not stop talking about it. So this is the one that I got in Rare Birds Bookshop, which was Why Did You Stay by Rebecca Humphreys. Um, when I picked up the back of this and I saw something about a Strictly scandal, Strictly Come Dancing scandal, I was like, ooh, I wonder. And I did a quick Google 
because something that I really appreciated about this book was that the people involved, it's, it's not really done as like a gossipy book. So mm-hmm. for many reasons, I think that that works. But unless you Google like I did or you remember this happening in 2018, then it's not made a, a, a huge, I mean, it's a, it's a key part of the story. But the interesting thing is that it's not like all spelled out. Well, no, because it is sort of spelled out, but Rebecca doesn't use the person's name, her ex's name. But basically her ex, and I'm going to use his name because he's actually just been on I'm a Celebrity UK. Um, So Sean Walsh is a comedian and he was on Strictly Come Dancing in 2018 and was papped kissing his Strictly partner. Um, turns out it was actually on his girlfriend's birthday because he's a charmer. Mm. And so this book is basically, she then put out, once it came out, she put out a statement saying that there had been some really toxic elements of their relationship. And she was saying, you know, she got thousands of comments supporting her and, you know, offering her comfort, things like that. But the one that always stays in her mind was that someone wrote, if he was that bad, why did you stay then? And it's a question that like, I think even like we would consider ourselves fairly well-educated, probably fairly forward thinking about a lot of feminist things. And yet, you know, I have to admit there are still points where it's the first thing that comes to mind and then you have to sort of stop yourself. And so I think calling the book that and exploring that is something that, will relate to a lot of people and I I think as well the decision not to name Sean Walsh in the book he's just referred to as he and him um Mm -hmm. I I love that as a decision because I think it just depersonalizes it doesn't make it about Sean Walsh's yeah because it's not about him yeah it's not about him it's about the way that behaviors like that are pervasive in a a lot of relationships yeah Exactly. And something that she wrote about in the book was that she didn't really know what the term gaslighting was until she read an article um, after a Love Island season. Um, And she was like, she's like, I actually had to stop reading halfway through because it felt like they had a camera on my life. That was sort of. So the interesting thing about the way this book is written as well is it is in sort of two sections. Um, So it has like a kind of like a present past narrative as you would in fiction which is um I left and those chapters are from the point where she finds out about the cheating and then it flips back to I stayed which explores uh from the start of their relationship and I think that this is that's really cool yeah and I think what what's interesting about this is that it's probably something that for some women might help them recognize red flags for others it might make them feel seen that Mm. you know they weren't imagining things in relationships where this had happened. But for people like myself who haven't been in that situation with a romantic partner, it's a really great example of how slowly and like how pervasive those behaviours can be. Uh, And so asking something like, why did you stay is such a pointless question, but it, it sort of does it in a way that takes you on that journey, I guess. Um, and it was so well written that I kind of, it's, I've seen, I saw some people sort of 
leave some bad reviews or like some low reviews saying, oh, it was really long. It didn't need to be this long. I actually didn't notice the length because I feel it was written in such a literary sort of style that I really got into it in the story. There's a lot of dialogue between her and friends. So I felt like it it flowed really well. Um, I just couldn't stop couldn't stop reading it I just flew through it and it just I mean things like that always then make you angry as well of course um especially because the person was on I'm a celeb at the time and there were a few things that he sort of said and it was like oh woe is me a little bit and I sort of was like "Mm." so it was an interesting thing to see that sort of you know, I think I'm a celebrity is seen as like a place where people go to sort of try and redeem their personalities. And that's it's certainly such been the a example from, show. Yeah. I've certainly yeah. been the example this year with people like Boy George, who was in prison, mm-hmm. and Matt Hancock, who was the health secretary of the UK during the pandemic. Um, it was just one of those books that I picked up with no expectations, um, no knowledge of it except for being a Strictly fan, knowing of that kiss um, and that sort of thing that had happened. Another one that I think you will find fascinating um, and, yeah. Yeah, it sounds really interesting. Yeah, it was so good. I have so many thoughts on it um, that I want to sort of try and put into words, which actually I'll just plug this now <laughs> instead of waiting. Um, but I have, I mean, if you've been following the podcast for a while, you know that I rebranded my business at the start of the year and I was like, farewell, the unfinished bookshelf and gave myself a proper business name, which was really exciting. But I'd been doing the unfinished bookshelf as a blog for like 10 years. Um, Anyway, so I've kind of missed it a little bit. And while we were overseas, Alicia convinced me to start a sub stack and I've decided to just have a place where I can write about books again without any like pressure of word limits or any of the any of the word related things that I have in my day-to-day like professional life like I just want to be able to write for fun as well um it will sort of obviously run alongside I mean there's no it's also very like no expectations of anything I'm not promising anything with it um but it's it's sort of will take discussions that we have on better words And if I want to expand on it, the way that I used to, the way that I used to do book reviews outside of what we read and what we talked about. What we do here, yeah. Yeah, but there's there's a great new thing in the Substack app, which I didn't realise, where you can have little chats as well. So it sort of brings back that community feel of blogging back in the days when we all used to comment on each other's blogs and stuff. Um, And it just takes the pressure off, you know, trying to be on Instagram and all that sort of stuff, which I'm just not feeling at the moment. Um, So I'm going to try and do like, you know, like a monthly chat thread or something being like you know what did you read and all that sort of stuff so if you are on Substack, you can find me at the unfinished bookshelf and i'll i'll pop a link in if you fancy reading some writing i mean there's i've not done anything yet except announce it um but it's it was sort of reading that book again think and and having all those thoughts and conversations i was like oh my god i want to write about this again you need an outlet for this yeah 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 um so that's a little side note and then The final thing I read is another 
little sneak peek at what we've got coming up in the season. And that was Tell Me Everything by Laura Kay, um, which has been out for a while. And I specifically saved because I wanted to get the hardback in the UK. Uh, so we have got Laura coming up on this season of the reread. Um, and I, all I'll say, <laughs> I, we obviously told her that I was going to wait and read the book after. Um, and, yeah. you know, all of our guests were aware that unlike usual seasons, we didn't have time to read the books first. Um, but as soon as I finished reading this, I sent her a message and was like, Laura, I love this so much. Like <laughs> it is such, such a good, like, I don't even want to say rom-com exactly. Cause it's, it's, it's a little bit more dramatic than that. It's a contemporary lesbian love story. It just, it's so good. There's a whole storyline about, um, you know, like abandonment and uh, issues with parents. Oh, it was just brilliant. It was just brilliant. And we have a big discussion with Laura about the whole sort of lesbian and gay stories becoming more mainstream. And I just, it just, I love to see it. It's just wonderful. It was such yeah. a good book. You are definitely going to love this again. I just feel I like know. I'm just constantly really saying that. It. And the cover is so stunning. Where it's did you so buy good. that? Let me talk about the cover. I ended up buying it in a little bookstore in Sheffield. So this felt appropriate. I was going to save it for Gaze the Word, which was another bookstore we visited in London. And I'll talk yeah, about that in a minute. that's my thought. And then but, you did it, you? I you already had it. No. So um, when I got to Sheffield, they the, this lovely little independent bookstore called Juno Books had just opened um, and it is for queer feminist stories. Um, it was, yeah, intersectional feminist um, bookshop. So, of awesome. course, when we went in there and had a look, and I saw it there, I was like, oh, this is the perfect place to buy it because um, Laura has lots of links to Sheffield. And I was telling the bookseller that where I said something about like, oh, it feels like the right place to get this. And she was like, you would not believe how many people come in here and, and say that they know this author. And I was like, yeah, she's amazing. Um, so I did, I so did send her a message, sent our friend Laura a message and said that. I was like, oh, lots of people have been going in there and saying that. Um, so that oh, felt appropriate. So nice. And then um, so I have been dying to go to Gaze the Word for ages, um, ever since I, I mean, even before I watched the movie Pride, but especially since I watched the movie Pride, which is a brilliant movie and Caitlin still hasn't watched it. Um, so <laughs> it's so good. Um, but we went to Gaze the Word when we were in London and I just had the most beautiful experience of asking the bookseller to help me pick some books with asexual representation. And I was like, but not Loveless, because I love Loveless, but I've already read Loveless. I want more yeah, like Loveless. Like, we've read it. We don't need that one. But yeah, he did a great little yeah. selection for us. Yeah, he was so, so nice. And the other thing that he said, which I think is worth um, repeating, even if you're not in the UK and you're not going to buy from them, but if you're looking for like specific books for people um, that cover specific things um, and you're not sure sort of where to find them or you're not having any luck, the Gay is the Word website, you can search by like, what's the word? It's not. Well, like you can filter by different representation things. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, it can yeah. filter by like different sexualities and different types of representation and stuff. So I've recommended that to a few people who were looking for, who said like, oh, I'm wanting something, you know, for my like 13-year-old sister that has queer rep in it. And I was like, oh, you should check that out because they have a really good 
list on there um, and they'll obviously always update and it's a little bit more niche as well. So anyway, so that was all the books that I read on holiday (laughs) and for the most part, I absolutely adored most of them. Um, Just that one that you sold already. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, which is fine because it's gone to a good home and it wasn't, it wasn't like bad. I just didn't love it either. I didn't yeah. love it enough to try and fit it back in my luggage. Um, so yeah, so many good books. And I've started reading Evelyn Hugo, um, the seven, uh, what's it? Seven Husbands, the seven of, husbands Evelyn of Evelyn Hugo. Yeah. Yeah. So I finally gave in to the hype. I know you did recently as well. Um, and I'm really enjoying it. Um, so yeah, that was, but that was a book that, Liz gave me from her collection and I started reading it on the plane back and yeah really liking it so yeah that's a bit of a wrap-up but um do well, you have I have one more book. technically I finished reading this as I said like last weekend but I started it for on the train from Edinburgh to York and I read a lot of it like while I was away but I then got distracted and allowed myself to read Tom Felton's book and then once I was back in Australia I was reading it, but then I wanted to read Matthew Perry's book and everything. Yeah. So it's Babel um, by R.F. Quang. And obviously it's such a phenomenal book. Like anyone who's been on TikTok or Instagram recently will know that so many people have been loving this book. Um, And I, you know, it is published by HarperCollins and I worked on it at work, but I'd saved it to read on this trip because fantasy is not my strong suit necessarily to read and particularly like higher fantasy and this kind of it's historical and it kind of seemed like this I was like oh I think I'm going to need a lot more brain space (laughs) to get through this book you know so I need to be in holiday mode not crazy stressed at work um but it is actually written in a very accessible way even though it is all about like language and translation and there's translations and other languages and phrases and everything all through the book and footnotes with definitions and other notes about like this alternate history that the author has created and it but it's phenomenal and so relevant even though it's set in like an alternate 18th 1800s Oxford at the Royal Institute of Translation um it's so so relevant today with the way it talks about racism and sexism and colonialism and all kinds of discrimination the four main char- like the main character um and then his three like friends that are in his like cohort at university they're all such interesting and compelling characters um it's really really amazing but most people don't really need me to tell them that because this book has been talked about a lot (laughs) yeah yeah I mean it does sound incredible I mean I don't think I have the brain power at the moment I'm god I'm struggling so much it's our first week back of work and oh my goodness my brain has not been engaged I know I think that's why it took me a little bit to finish when I got back and I got to a certain point in the book as well and I was like I just need to sit down and finish the end of it you know and Mm. And so at that point, then I didn't read the very end of it for a few more days because I was just like getting on the train to work and everything. So I technically, in, I mean, I feel like everyone will be kind of disappointed with me because in between reading Babel, I read Tom Felton's book and Matthew Perry's book. And it's like, I did my like 
gossipy celeb bios um, in and around this masterpiece. <laughs> but I needed to to get through it. And it was, um, I don't read a lot of historical stuff. And with that element, um, I thought that the book might be really high fantasy. And it's not too high fantasy, really. But it's, it's like it's an alternate history. So. And even though it is still quite dense, it's so accessibly written. Like it's actually quite easy to read. There's just still a lot going on. So it's kind of both yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. But it's great. Yeah. yeah. So that's Wonderful. all my books of recent That sounds time. amazing. Um, I was going to say maybe we should say whether we watched anything really good, but I think we'll save that for our end of year wrap up maybe because we've yeah, talked a lot in case in anything makes the cut. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, also we've talked talked a lot in this episode, but I honestly would say that I probably watched some of my favourite films of the year. Um, I watched one of the best things I've ever seen on the plane on the way back. So, yeah. Oh, Um, say that. I'll be so excited to hear about it in our end of year wrap-up that we'll we'll record in a couple of weeks, but it will air at the end of the season. Yes, so we're going to have season we're going to bring be bringing you some amazing authors over the next few weeks minus our usual book recommendations sorry guys um and then we're going to finish up the season with um a big old wrap up of the year like we usually do we talk about all the things we've been reading watching listening to over the years um it's always fun but always hard to try and narrow down like our top three yeah um for everything for every category um and then you know, early 2023, we will be back with like a full, a full season where we give you lots a of proper standard season with your recommendations yes. and your book clubs and your author interviews. Exactly. But honestly, like I'm excited to do this reread thing again in the future. Cause this is quite fun. Like we had so much fun, it's fun and to we're go excited back and to bring to you these. Again. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, some of the people we interviewed right at the very start of this podcast. So it's been five years since we chatted to them and a lot has happened. Yes, a lot. Wow. Wonderful. So we'll be back in your ears next week. Thank you for listening to Better Words. You can chat to us on Instagram at Better Words Pod. And follow me, Michelle, at Unfinished Bookshelf. And me, Caitlin, at Just a Bookish Babe. If you liked this episode, please share it with a book-loving friend and leave a rating or review.